Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, Parlor, and Instagram. And of course, be sure to visit www.mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Pythagoras can actually be claimed as the father of both modern philosophy and mathematics. Please try and restrain yourselves. Seriously, does senior year make everyone turn into rabbits? <sighs> what happens when a penis goes into a vagina? Exactly. Were you serious about tutoring me? No. That was another stellar example of my humor. Right. Lainey, I'm teasing. Oh, no, no, no. Are you taking notes? Mm-hmm. What exactly are your goals here? You know Jordan Weiser? Yeah. I wanted to sleep with him, but Ooh, to know what to do, can you help me? Oh! Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Yeah, you're good. So good. We could get food! He's gone. He's gone. Can we go back to his place? Or you ask him back to yours, 21st century. And then we just do it? Pretend this is Jordan. Just, you gotta just go up and down. It's just getting sticky. Yep. It'll do that. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 325. Out now on digital is Banging Laney, a teen sex comedy that focuses on an A-plus high school student who, when struck with the love bug, takes on an analytical approach to dating and sex, which produces surprising results. Told with a maturity to its subject in a perfect balance between sweetness and raunch, Banging Laney also marks the directorial debut of Alison Powell, who also wrote, produces, and stars in the film. And I'm happy to say that Alison Powell joins me now on the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast. Alison, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I love that description. I'm going to hire you the next time I need to write a summary of a project I'm working on. I always struggle so much, and that was, like, perfectly stated so thank you for that feel free to lift that one for any type of press stuff you want that's fine with me um i really wanted to ask you before anything else i want to ask you about the title of the film it's really creative it's really cheeky it's really naughty where did it come from oh my goodness honestly it came from nowhere i get asked all the time and i wish i had a better story but the honest truth is the idea for the film came to me while I was babysitting this very mature eight-year-old girl who just was asking me, like, have you ever dated anyone? Have you ever had a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend now? Mm. And it sort of got me thinking on my past dating experiences. And I thought, ah, maybe I'm going to write a movie about that. And I told someone this idea and they said, oh, cool. What's the name of it? And I just thought, banging laney and i it just sounded good i like the a's it just like flowed out of my mouth Mm. and that was the name ever since we ran into some difficulties with it and i was kind of open to changing it because it is a little raunchier it's a little edgier than i maybe intended but once we started getting some feedback on it i said you know what i really believe in this title i i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna fight tooth and nail to keep it so i'm glad that you enjoy it but yeah the story is it just popped into my head and it sounded good so i went with it 
It does its job. Like in a in a marketplace just crowded with titles of all different kinds, you need something that really stands out, and it does stand out really well. So it's a really good, cool title. Um, you, you know, it's interesting looking at your career after Banging Lady, Banging Laney. A lot of your work was in short films, and mostly in kind of like in the genre space. You did the Black Widow's Origins film, that was really popular. Mm-hmm. You got the tour of that around, and you know, when when I was um, doing some research on you, I read that um, you said <laughs> that rom coms weren't really your thing, like as a genre of film. So how did it come about that your first feature was a rom com? Um, did that experience babysitting that one time really kind of got the wheels kind of moving, and you thought, you know what, there's something here we can really work on? I think so. Yeah, I I did do a lot of work in the genre space with Black Widow. I also made some X-Files spoof comedies. Mm. So I told someone at one point, I said, it's kind of like I've been playing in other people's sandboxes, you know, doing a little bit of fan fiction or fan film and just kind of playing with characters and storylines that were already out there. And with this feature, it was going to be the first time I kind of built my own sandbox and was telling my own story. And up until that point, you know, there are some really great rom-coms out there that I think really stand out and are just great films on their own. But I was never the person who was eagerly awaiting, you know, the next Hallmark movie or the next sort of generic rom-com. But through research for the film, through, you know, watching, going back and watching Clueless and watching 10 Things I Hate About You, it's a great space to tell really important stories about relationships. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really intrigues me as a writer when I'm exploring stories is this question of, do we need relationships as humans or can we get by without them? And I mean that not necessarily just romantically, but, you know, friendships, family. Um, I'm a pretty introverted person. So I'm very curious, like, you know, people say, well, this person just wants to be friends. And I sometimes want to say, I have enough friends. I don't need any more friends. I'm good. So that's really what I wanted to explore with Lainey and with that analytical nature. And that just fits so well into the rom-com space that it doesn't really work as an action movie, sadly, as much as I would have loved to make that as a feature. Also, Budget-wise, a yeah. little easier to make a rom-com as your first feature than a full sci-fi. When you're watching all these rom-coms for research and inspiration, do you have kind of like a list of things that you don't want to do? Like, for example, in She's or That, there's that, you know, what's considered a genre trope of like the, the bookie kind of nerdy girl becoming like the hot girl with the makeover and such. And thankfully your film doesn't do that. Was there like a list of things that you had where like, I'm not going to approach the way these people did their films and you want to stay away from certain genre tropes? Uh, I definitely didn't want to do the typical transformation scene that, yeah, we see a lot because to me, the story was much more about the internal transformation and the understanding of, you know, why friendships are important or why relationships are important and that it's not just physical. It's not just what's outside. Uh, The other thing that I always really wanted to do, and I don't know if it's a trope, but I Mm. knew from the beginning that all of the makeout scenes, so the like heavier makeout scene and then the sex scene, I said, I don't want any music. Right. I don't want this to feel sentimental in any way because music is gonna kind of tip our hand towards, oh, they're falling in love and it's really sweet. And I said, we just need to live in this awkwardness. Most people's first times I think are pretty 
awkward. They're yeah. not firework filled. They're not, you know, music swelling, amazing experiences. And so that was one of the big things I knew is that I wanted the audience just to have to sit through that and live through that experience and experience that awkwardness in just silence and breath. You mentioned before you wanted to create your own sandbox in regards to this film, in regards to this character. Mm -hmm. Is Lainey autobiographical in many ways? It is in many ways, uh, and in some ways it's not. I actually didn't go to public school at all. I was homeschooled growing up. Mm -hmm. So one of my first table reads, my questions was, uh, is this anything like high school at all? I, mm -hmm. I don't know. But some of the moments, you know, laughing uh, on a date when someone is trying to kiss you, definitely is something that happened to me. And, you know, at the in the moment, you're feeling so embarrassed. And now looking back, I'm like, well, that's pretty funny. Let's put that in the movie. So that was really helpful in terms of creating the sandbox and in terms of directing and performing. It was really nice not to have written some sort of deep drama where I needed to be crying all the time. I, I was playing a character fairly similar to myself, so it mm. didn't require a huge effort to switch back and forth between directing, writing, producing, acting. I could just kind of mostly stay uh, in my own space. The film was shot in 15 days, is that correct? I think so. Our last day was kind of a split day. We filmed like 7 a.m. to noon and then like 10 a.m. or uh, 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. the next day or something. So mm -hmm. it was like a day and a half, but I think 15 or 16 days is correct. When you have a, you are working on an independent film, you have a um, limited number of days to get your shooting done. How important is pre-production in regards to that? It was really important. Uh, and I learned a lot on this production about shot listing. And one of the biggest things that I did is when I was shot listing with my DP, we basically didn't plan any shots that we didn't want. Mm. You know, I had a friend give me the advice. She's like, and then go through and gravy all your shots, like pick all the shots that would just be nice to get. But if you don't get them, it's okay. And I said, we don't have that. Like we don't even have time to shoot that if we don't think we're going to use it or we don't think we need it, it's not even on our list. Um, so that was one thing that was really important in pre-production is just knowing exactly what we needed to tell the story and just getting those shots. When you are the writer of a project, but also the producer and director as well, I'm sure there's a constant tinkering of the script. There are moments that might come up. I think um, I heard in a podcast interview you said that um, there was a moment where a location couldn't be available to you and then uh, there's this thing and that thing. I'm sure you have to change things around on the fly. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, how drastically different did your script look like at the first day of production compared to the last day of production? In production, not that much. The only thing really that we changed is, and I, I think it actually worked better this way, is there's a scene towards the end of the film where Lainey and another character are mopping mm. the school as sort of part of detention. And that was originally just set in a classroom where we would have just been sitting and having this conversation with no action, nothing going on in the scene. And that's the location that fell through that classroom. And so I said, why don't we just mop the floors of the Las Cruces film office? That works. And that actually added so much depth to the scene. And uh, Daniela, who was acting opposite me, just really ran with the mop prop and had a lot of fun making some jokes out of it. So that really served us 
but that's really was a location thing. I would say from the first draft to production, there were a lot of changes just in terms of bringing down the budgetary scope. You know, I think at one point there was a whole prom scene. There was a scene outside underneath football stands at night, which would have cost a lot of money as well. So just things like that changed over time. But during production, we didn't have to change too much of the actual script or dialogue. You know, I came across this video you did, um, and in it you talked about the importance that a person can have, uh, the importance a person should have in having the ability to admit that they don't know how to do something. Um, oh, by just that's saying, my favourite. <laughs> I mean, just, by just saying, I don't know, it's just, and I think that's a really important lesson that a lot of people can have because it's a little thing that I do where sometimes, well, I used to more when I was younger, where mm-hmm. I would say, someone say, go do this. I go, yeah, sure. And I walk away going, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I said I will do it, so I'm going to give it my best. And I end up just going back there 10, 20 minutes after anyway, saying, look, I don't know what I'm doing anyway. So when you keeping that in mind, um, is that a lesson that you learned during the filming of this um, uh, of your movie or is that something that you brought into the movie? I would say learning that lesson is what allowed me to make my first feature. It was something that I had to learn on set and I would do exactly what you just described. You know, you're on set, you're being a production assistant, you're trying to do your best and somebody asks you to go do this or get that or reach out to this person or whatever it is. And I would do exactly that thing. I'd walk away, either try and do it or like pretend that I tried to do it. And then you have to come back later anyway. And eventually I just learned, you know, this is, this is a waste of time. And I, it's okay if I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just going to admit it right away. And that really gave me the confidence, you know, weirdly, you would think it wouldn't be that direction, but that's exactly what happened. I just had the confidence to say, I don't know how to raise $50,000 to make Mm. a feature, but I want to do that. And so I'm going to go find somebody and tell them, I don't know how to do this, but you do. And can you teach me how to do it? Mm. And I think it's one of the most valuable lessons anywhere in life, but especially in the film industry. If you want to learn something, there's no way to learn it without first admitting that you need to learn it and saying that you don't know. You are a runner of marathons, is this correct? Yeah. (laughs) Is there a comparison to be made in creating an independent feature to running a marathon? I imagine that persistence would be key above anything else because you just mentioned then raising money for your film and then you have to film it. Mm-hmm. After that comes a really long process of finding distribution and getting out there. And I've having talked to a lot of independent filmmakers, that can be the most difficult part of it all. Um, does being a marathon runner in having learned to deal with persistence and trying to find that wheel to press on, does that help very much in making the film? Absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time, this is something that someone told me at a party once, and I think it's so accurate. They said, Filmmaking is a pie eating contest where the prize is more pie. Mm. And that's so true because every step you take, it's like, well, there's another step. So you raise all the money, then you have pre-production. Then after pre-production, you have to film it. Then you have post-production. Then you have to go to festivals and distribution. Like it doesn't really ever end. So it's definitely a, a marathon effort. And just having that knowledge that you can persist in doing something, you can survive on four to six hours of sleep, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's huge. It's definitely helped to have that mindset for sure. 
I described the movie at the start as a teen sex comedy, and that's a very kind of simplistic way to kind of approach it, I think, because there's so much more going on in the in the film. Um, and it's really interesting that genre of film, from Fast mm-hmm. Times, Original High, all the way to American Pie, has usually been a domain of male filmmakers and male writers. Um, last couple of years, though, we've seen a lot of female fem- filmmakers really just taking the reins of that genre. You had to the to-do list that came out a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Sex Education, a TV show, has a very big female creative component behind it as well. Um, and then we have your movie as well. Um, do you foresee that, that genre of film having more of a female influence in the years to come? I hope so. I hope so. You know, I was thinking this afternoon before getting on the podcast, there was someone who commented on the trailer that I put up on YouTube and Mm. I, I presume it's a, it's a female or a female identifying person, but I don't know. And they said, Hey, I just watched this movie and I low key learned a lot from it. I'm very similar to Lainey and, you know, thank you for making the film, something like that. And I thought, you know, even if I just reached this one person and this one person relates to the movie, learned something from it, knows they're not alone, knows they're not weird or different, or, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of, it's awkward all the time, then I've done my job. Like, I can retire as a filmmaker, I can be happy with everything that I've done. So I certainly hope to see more films that reach, you know, different audiences that aren't just always geared towards telling male stories or or white stories or privileged stories. You know, we need much more diversity of storytelling so that more people can have that experience and see themselves on screen and learn something from it. So I hope it's starting a new trend. I would love that. So for everyone listening out there, Banging Laney, available now on digital in the States. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. Here in Australia, you can actually watch it on Tubi, T-U-B-I, um, streaming everywhere. And look, Alison Powell, thank you very much for your time today and congratulations with the film. I really enjoyed it very much. And it's nice to see a different take on an old genre, um, a genre of film that I'm not really a big fan of, but this movie I am a fan of very much. And I just <laughs> want to say thank you for your time and congratulations for the movie. Thank you so much, Matt. It was so wonderful to be on.